Hey y'all, it's time to take a brew break. I'm Keela from Keela D. Subcreation, sharing my favorite stories 11 points at a time. You can look forward to English major insights, fangirl freakouts, and biblical tidbits as I dive deep into fiction and nonfiction stories in any form. Now grab a brew and join me for Elevensies. All right, we are back with Elevensies, and I have another special guest joining me today. Uh, we have Kevin Nye, who we have been, uh, I guess, Twitter, Instagram buddies for a while, but are finally getting to chat. So yeah. that's exciting. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm excited. Great. All right. So let's just jump in. First of all, what is your Elevensies beverage? Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of root beer. Oh, uh, okay. Fancy like small batch craft root beer, and there's one that I found here in Minnesota that I really like. It's called 1919 root beer. Um, okay. Yeah, it's great. Actually, for New Year's Eve, I got like a little keg of it from the grocery store. So you got a keg of root beer from the grocery store. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's a little keg, like, uh, like probably like a gallon of root beer. Oh my something. gosh. Maybe two gallons. It's not like a whole, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I did. That and is so fun. Exactly how <laughs> I, I celebrate New Year's. Hey, I love it. I'm here for it. That is awesome. Yeah. I like a good, like, actually brew, like root beer. Mm-hmm. the the canned ones i can take them or leave them but really good like craft root beer is awesome yeah that's mm-hmm. so cool well i have a uh let me see if i can remember a gingerbread oat milk chai from starbucks gingerbread. i'm normally not that fancy with my orders but my sister's been talking about it for a while so i figured i'd try it and it's pretty good it's like christmas in a cup yeah sounds like it it would uh, it would kill me because I have a very uh, random allergy to cinnamon. Oh, weird! So Christmas beverages, oh beverages all around. I just can't mess with. That is so sad. I am obsessed with cinnamon. Anything cinnamon. Mm. Dang that that is sad. Yeah, I'm. It's a hard life, but you know, I, I get. Yeah, that. yeah. I'm so sorry for your struggles. <laughs> Thanks. That is kind of random, though. I feel like I've never heard of anyone allergic to cinnamon. Yeah, I've only heard of a couple other people, um, but it does seem to be pretty rare. Yeah, weird. Well, that's okay. I'll try not to gloat too much about my my Christmas drink. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into it. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Sure. Uh, yeah, so my name's Kevin Nye. I, gosh, which, which version do I give? (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, I, you know, I grew up, um, in the church, the Church of the Nazarene. Um, I sort of perceived what I understood to be a, a call to traditional ministry, um, growing up around, you know, middle school, high school, pursued that, went to school for it, did all the things that you're kind of supposed to do. Um, and by the time I graduated, that just didn't seem to be the path that was 
being uh, laid out for me that was open for me. Um, and so I kind of pivoted over to, you know, something that was really on my heart and mind, which was homelessness. Uh, I was in Los Angeles at the time. Um, so it was kind of a natural fit, <laughs> something that was for sure. on my mind a lot. Yeah. Um, and so I started work at, um, at a service provider in Hollywood, um, kind of jumped into it with all I had. And, um, you know, eventually after being in that work for a while, recognizing that my, um, my background in ministry theology and this new work that I was doing was obviously had a, a lot of synthesis to it, um, and in ways that were some of which I expected and a lot of which were unexpected. Um, and as someone who's always, um, been kind of a writer, I've always, I've always written something. Um, I thought I need to write about this, this intersection. Um, and so that's what I did. That's what I started doing. And I put out a book and now that's kind of what I'm known for <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And your book is called Grace Can Lead Us Home, uh, subtitle, A Christian Called in Homelessness. And mm -hmm. yeah, so you talk about a little bit about the work that you did there in Los Angeles and the people that you met. Yeah, um, I've since, so I basically, I published the book and then moved to Minnesota. Um, <laughs> so I think a lot of people read the book and assume I'm I'm still in LA because I definitely still thought you were in LA. Yeah, I was checking the, what time it was there. <laughs> yeah, as of the end of the book, I was still in LA, but now I am. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Very cool. Very cool. So, why do you think the church needed this book, or society in general needs this book? Mm. So, you know, specifically the church. Um, you know, as I came to start doing this work, uh, I learned pretty quickly, you know, about homelessness, what it is, what causes it, and most importantly, how to resolve it, how to address it. Um, and really learning all that and experiencing all that just cut through so many um, myths and stereotypes, a lot of which I inherited in the church, um, mm. not exclusively in the church, but that the church certainly wasn't you know, speaking against or counterbalancing in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then that all kind of solidified for me when I saw a study that um, I quote all the time where um, it was found that Christians were more than twice as likely to blame poverty on lack of effort than unforeseen circumstances as compared mm. to, uh, non-christians and and yeah that that study sort of confirmed my suspicions oh, yeah um that it was maybe more rampant in the church and so yeah. um you know i wanted to write my book specifically to the church and not mm -hmm. just kind of a general book about homelessness part of that being that you know i've at the time I'd been doing this for about five years i don't know that that makes me like a huge nationwide authority on the sure. topic, but but yeah. I think the particular intersection that I I sat in um, with you know the sort of two parts of myself um, was unique, and and I had something to say specifically to that um, 
to that intersection. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Uh, you talk a lot in the book about leading relationally, and you often even title sections after specific people rather than whatever topic you're discussing in that section. So uh-huh. why do you think this story or person-first approach is important? Yeah, I mean, to me, like, what we will, what we always get lost in, and I think this happens on sort of both sides of the political aisle, I guess, homelessness doesn't necessarily fall cleanly along, like, party politics lines but i think there is a there are two extremes on opposite ends one of which is like total uh shame pull yourself up by your own bootstraps this is your fault get yourself out of it uh and on the other side is this idea that's like um oh you you poor little thing uh thank goodness i'm here to help save you Mm. and life yeah Um, and and both of those although one sounds a little bit nicer uh are super harmful and both just completely discount the person um yeah the, the sort of whole person who is who is both a person who is experiencing uh you know something that is really difficult and maybe even impossible to overcome on their own uh, but that also they are a person who has a store and reservoir of skills and competencies and dreams and resilience um, and an agency, right? To be able to dictate what their journey looks like and and how they're going to get from point A to point B and to even dictate what point B might be because it might be different than what we have sort of pre-decided for them, right? Uh, yeah. And so for me, it, it all has to come back to to people and relationships and knowing people well enough to not blame them for their own situation, but also not to know them only as their situation. That yeah, that's good. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I think that's so good. Okay, so what good and or bad things have you experienced from sharing your experiences both in the book and in the writing you continue to do on social media and Substack? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, most of what I've received has been positive. And, uh, and, and I think that, you know, sort of people who aren't going to buy in or agree with what I have to say just normally self-select out, right? Um, I mean, Twitter, Twitter is a lot worse than it was a year ago. So now every Mm -hmm. time I post something, I get a lot more trolls just trying to yell (laughs) at me. Um, I also don't end up seeing a lot of them because I'm on there a lot less because of that. Um, (laughs) but you know, the people that, that are interested in the work, um, really do respond to to what i i write because a lot of it just it makes sense with their experience you know people that mm-hmm. that care about this issue have had experiences like what i've had maybe not to the same extent or as many mm-hmm. um but and so let me put it this way because I, I really think this is true that like 
um, these myths that are out there, I think that a lot of why we believe them is because we can't, we don't necessarily have the language or the data to prove otherwise. But I get the sense because this was my experience, um, and I've heard this from others that it's like you hear a myth like, you know, all homeless people are crazy or drug addicts, right? Um, and you don't, you don't necessarily believe it, but you can't, you can't really disagree with it, right? Because yeah. the, 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 the amount of media and sort of voices saying that are so loud, um, mm-hmm. and the ones that are trying to bust those myths aren't aren't getting the same airtime or for sure oh, uh, yeah. or or space in the conversation right and so mm-hmm. i think what what my writing has done for a lot of people was confirm what what they already suspected um and sort of given language or or structure or or voice to what i think that you know still small voice in their heart said like the things i'm hearing can't be true but I, I don't know otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. So how has your story and your experiences that you write about in the book impacted your faith and vice versa? How has your faith impacted your story? Yeah, I talk about that sort of dichotomy a lot because, you know, I started out on the like ministry, pastoral theology side, and then moved into this work thinking that obviously like my beliefs my compassion my conception of god was going to influence how i approached the work and that was very true um but equally true if not more so it's been the opposite right that being in relationship with people understanding this issue and all of the things that it's opened me up to has really transformed my faith, transformed the way that I read scripture, um, the way that I do theology um, in in big ways and small ways. Like, I don't read a word like home the same way anymore, yeah. whether it's scripture yeah. or whether it's in, you know, a, a worship song or a classic hymn. There's a lot mm-hmm. of home songs around Christmas. So, uh, oh, for sure. And, and you just... Um, when you spend a lot of time around people who have a different experience than you, and this applies to all sorts of things, right? Then you start to um, see the world, maybe not completely through their eyes, but you know, you'll you'll hear something, and it'll actually resonate with you. Like, oh, how would how would they hear that if they were here, or maybe they are here, and it's like, I wonder how they're experiencing that, or how that's hitting them. Um, and that's just sort of a lens that like, once it's, once, (laughs) once that door is open, it doesn't close, you know? Um, and, and I'm grateful for it because I, I do think that that type of lens is a lot truer to, you know, the people who were experiencing scripture as it happened and the people who were actually drawn to, Jesus in the first place were 
a lot more liked the people that uh, I work with on a daily basis than like exactly. me, right? Um, yeah, for sure. And if I'm not looking at it through their lens, I am. I'm looking at it through my lens, right? That's something I always have to remember too. Is that like my lens isn't neutral? <laughs> um, for sure. And it's not like mine is the normal one. And then, oh, when I look at it through this marginalized perspective, that's like this interesting thing that I'm doing compared to my normal version. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I think yeah. a lot of people do think that way. Um, they don't realize they think that way, but they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's just, that's kind of changed everything for me. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So I want to get practical for a little bit. So, in what practical ways can we be loving our unhoused neighbors better? Hmm. Yeah. So, I appreciate the 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 pronoun there, we, because a lot of times in my work, it's sort of asked like, "What can I do?" or "What What do you want me leaving this workshop, this sermon, to like go and do differently?" Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I do think there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that individuals can do. There's certainly a lot of good things that individuals individuals can avoid doing um, in like their sort of one on one encounters that they might have. Uh, but ultimately, if we want to end homelessness, that's a we thing. <laughs> For sure. uh, that is a collective uh, we that involves, you know, uh, building a ton of affordable housing. Um, allocating funding that's being misused to criminalize homelessness or to perpetuate homelessness and use it to to end it instead. Um, there's a lot, a lot of stuff for the we. There's a lot less stuff for the I, uh, but eyes become we's <laughs> when, we, when we get together, yeah. right? Or when we're, um, you know, really invested. Um, so many great movements and great, nonprofits have gotten together because like a group of people said like, Hey, we're frustrated about this thing in our neighborhood. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I guess there's so many different ways that I could go with that question, but I, I think the place to start for somebody who is, you know, getting is really new to this or really, wants like that first step is to uh, figure out how I can become a we, Um, whether that is, you know, joining up with some other people, finding a local um, advocacy group, nonprofit, um, church ministry that that aligns with, you know, the right values and, and has in mind to actually end homelessness and not to, you know, just perpetuate it um Mm. and and link up uh i I think that ultimately like none of it will ever be successful or worth doing if it's not like we talked about earlier in relationship with the people who are actually experiencing it um and so those organizations or those groups that really have that strong connection and that strong voice of like that sounds a lot less like I'm serving you and more like I'm standing in solidarity with you. Um, start there. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah. Because ultimately, like what this really boils down to is uh, folks getting to know their neighbors who are experiencing homelessness, hearing directly from them what they need, and then joining them in their their struggle to get that. Um, yeah. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean everyone has to go out and find the local person, like, on the corner and say, like, let's start a movement, right? Like, there's already people doing that that need more people to join up. Definitely. Yeah, that's good. Is there anything, I'm thinking of, like, common things that I've seen a lot, particularly with churches, um, like, handing out money, doing like short-term missions in another city with unhoused people there. Are these things helpful, harmful? What are, what's your opinion on them? Um, in terms of giving out money, um, I definitely support it. Um, I think that there are people who have good reasons for not giving out money, but I think the majority of people have myths <laughs> uh, and bad reasons for not giving out yeah. money. Um, for sure. Uh, in terms of short-term mission trips to other cities to do uh, poor tourism, um, I'm not a fan of that, as you can maybe yeah. uh, ascertain from my how I framed that. For sure. Uh, you know, I, and I worked somewhere that had a lot of volunteer groups come in, and a lot of times they were like high school students that were sort of doing that. And, and I'm not saying that there's zero benefit to it, but you got to be really clear that that this is an educational experience for the young people and not and not a transformative experience for the the people experiencing homelessness right absolutely um, yeah and yeah. and i think that you could make a pretty convincing argument to say that like i don't think their education should be at the expense of you know, the people who are quote unquote being served, right? For sure. Yeah. So yeah, not a huge fan of that. I mean, I think there are ways to do it well. I think there's, I don't think there's many cities in America that you need to go to another city to experience homelessness, right? Definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that if you're going to sort of try to do that sort of immersive or transformative experience for young people like you can do it in your own town um yeah. because at least then you've given people like an in to then have a more ongoing experience um because you know none of the high schoolers that i ever <laughs> took through my agency in hollywood ever came back because they lived in you know tennessee <laughs> yeah. you know but there's great yeah. organizations they could have done that with in Tennessee that in maybe Tennessee. You know, mm -hmm. they're going to connect with and, you know, come back to or volunteer at later or, uh, yeah, have an actual like human connection, local geographical connection with. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I went on a mission trip like that in high school. And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. We're helping these people. And then I read a book, I think just a couple years ago, talking about the different kinds of mission trips there are and those that can be helpful and those that can be harmful. And it said, you have to think about, is this actually helping the people you're going to serve? Or is it just like a building character learning experience for the youth group kids? And I was like, 
100%. That's what ours was, but they weren't framing yep. it that way. And so right. it was, yeah. So like looking back, I, I think it was a great experience, but like looking back now, I've never talked to any of those people again, and I don't really know the homeless or unhoused community here. And so, yeah, I think yeah. there are definitely some dots that need to connect there. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So more practical things. Do you have any yeah. practical tips, habits, or routines that help you live, tell, or write a good story? Ooh. Live, tell, or write. Those are three mm -hmm. wildly different things. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I I have my own personal values, you know, that help me approach how I do this work and that influence how I live the story. Um, actually, I do think they connect to how I write the stories, too, because, uh, you know, I think the hardest part about writing the book and and the stories was um you know i was there for all of them i'm i'm a character in all of the stories um, yeah. but i i really really did not want to write the stories as though i were the hero of those stories um mm -hmm. and partly because that's not the truth <laughs> of those stories right exactly. there are in those stories there are like things that I did that helped contribute to somebody's well-being. Like I, I don't want to minimize that, but like they're they're not stories about me. And I've read a lot of books and read a lot of stories <laughs> and articles about people who are kind of helpers. And it's sort of like, oh, like you you, you think you're really great <laughs> uh, yeah. for doing this, you know? Um, and so I think that sort of intentional decentering, um, both in how I approach the work, but then also how I then write about it and talk about it goes hand in hand where, you know, like we talked about earlier, like, uh, it's very easy on the sort of like more compassionate and liberal side to really minimize the person, um, as though all they are is a, like a vessel of your good <laughs> intentions. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've seen a lot of like really thoughtful and like really well-intentioned people do a lot of harm that way. Um, yeah. And one of those was me when I started. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I think that how I do that and how I write that, goes hand in hand and we'll say for both it's a constant editing <laughs> process sure. it's just so easy to fall right back into that um especially when you become a person who then wrote a book about the topic and people want to talk to you about it on a podcast uh that the hero complex can be that <laughs> more tempting definitely yeah that's good that's good Okay, so who else has a story that has impacted you who you might love here share their story on this podcast? Hmm. So, yeah, there's I mean, I ha I have several heroes, some of which are alive and some of which are not. Uh, <laughs> for sure. You know, might be I, easier for the alive ones. 
Yeah, to get them on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you would be able to get Brian Stevenson on the podcast, but that's somebody who I really uh, admire, both in terms of how he does his work, he approaches his work, uh, but then also reading his book was a big influence on on mine um, yeah. and how, how I wanted to write it. Um, I think somebody who I think is really amazing too is uh, Lindsay Krinks. Uh, she's in Nashville. Um, she wrote a amazing book that came out before mine called Praying With Our Feet. Um, oh, she cool. does street outreach and advocacy work um, for people experiencing homelessness in Nashville. Um, and yeah, her book was was so awesome uh and i got to meet her when i went to nashville and uh yeah she's she's one of the greats cool all right i'll jot those down maybe we can get them on that'd be great yeah all right so what books movies and shows have inspired you personally creatively and spiritually Hmm. so i guess i've already named a couple books yes Uh, TV shows and movies. I'll be honest. I, I've always been a person that when it comes to books, I only do nonfiction. Like I can't read fiction for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then I'm sort of the opposite with movies and TV shows. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. I don't. And so it's hard for me to think of like movies that inspire me. Although I, I consume a lot of movies and, I'm often very moved by them, but uh, it's like, that's like almost like a different part of my brain, if that makes sense. That's true. That's true. You can be inspired by Lord of the Rings or anything. Totally. (laughs) It's just, uh, it's less like, like tangible. Like I can point to like, oh yeah, I watched that. And there was therefore inspired to do this, you know, it's that's more like, true. that's true. Just like affects your, your whole vibe. <laughs> that's true. That's true. At least that's how it works for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, is there anything that you want to add or reiterate from this conversation? Gosh. Um, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of really good ground here. Yeah, that was great. All right. So shameless plug time. Where can we find you and all your work? Absolutely. Uh, So you can find me on all the social medias at various hashtags or ads or whatever they are. (laughs) You can self-promotion. My website is kind of the one-stop shop. That's kevinmni.com. Um, and I'm on Substack. That's kind of where I've been focusing most of my attention since Twitter yeah. abandoned us. Um, For sure. <laughs> I've been really investing in my Substack. Um, and so you can find me on there, kevinmni.substack.com, um, I guess is how those links work. Yeah, yeah, Don't worry. I'll link them all in the, in the description. So <laughs> if you misspeak, they'll be below. <laughs> Great. Cool. Just well, AI thank you so much. Voice saying it right. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. This was great. And yeah, to anyone who hasn't read the book, you definitely need to go check it out because it's it's amazing. So yeah, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me for 11Zs. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review, subscribe, tune in each Thursday, and tell your friends. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at kdsubcreations, and check out my blog and other free content at the link in the description. Now go where you must go and hope.